Greetings one and all, wherever you are in the universe, and welcome to the latest episode of an Espresso Shot of Confidence, the podcast that explores all aspects of confidence, challenges taboos and unhelpful narratives, and empowers you to be awesome, loudly and proudly. I'm your host, the master of awesomeness, Ashley Griffiths, and today we'll be talking all things public speaking and confidence. Now, we are surrounded by people that make public speaking look effortless. Politicians, business people, and celebrities. However, for many people, they would rather swim with sharks than get up in front of people and do a speech, presentation, or pitch. And there is a large number of people out there with an actual phobia of public speaking. This dislike or fear of public speaking often means people don't apply for jobs, pitch their businesses, or take active roles in their companies. So who better to talk to about this than Kyle Murta, the founder of Confidence by Design. Kyle helps people to overcome their fear of public speaking and deliver engaging speeches, presentations, and pitches. He offers everything from one-to-one coaching to his popular Confidence Club group training program. So, hey, Kyle, how's it going, mate? It's going good, master of awesomeness. It's great to be in your presence, I must say. Looking forward to the show today. Absolutely, absolutely. Great to, great to have you here, my man. So, public speaking, how did you get into the wonderful world of that? Really by accident, to be honest. I was working for WWF. Um, the wildlife charity, not the wrestling, I should say. And um, basically, I was one of those incredibly annoying people who tries to stop you on the street and get you to sign up for their charity. Uh, that's what I had to do. So I was always trying to stop people and, and get them to sign up. And I was just awful at it, to be honest with you, Ash. I was terrible. People would just walk by me all the time and be like water going around a rock, you know? <laughs> um, so one day when I was working in the town, I went into a, a co-op, a supermarket, and I saw on the notice board there a little poster advertising a public speaking club. And I thought, well, I could probably use that. I'm pretty awful at this job. I have to do public speaking. Why don't I go along and see what that's about? So I did. I went along. And the first meeting, I thought I would just, you know, sort of sit back, see how it was all going. I wouldn't, get, wouldn't do any speaking myself. But they immediately told me I was doing a speech. In fact, they told me I was doing an impromptu speech. And the way it worked is they would ask you a question, Ash, and you would have to literally get up in front of about, say, 20 strangers and then deliver a two-minute unprepared speech on that question. And my first question was, Kyle, if a zombie apocalypse happened in Scotland, where would you go, big man? So... <laughs> I'm like, what the heck is this? So I get up there, you know, all these people, they're staring at me. And, and after what felt like years, Ash, I say two words. The pub? <laughs> and then I sit back down. And that was my introduction to, to public speaking. And, and to be honest with you, in hindsight, it sounds funny, but on the day it was not. Because sure. when I sat back down, I felt so, so ashamed, to be honest. Because mm-hmm. I got, I'd let the, the pressure, the fear of speaking get to me so much that I just crumbled publicly. 
And if that's ever happened to, to you or the viewers, you'll know it. You never want to feel that again. So in that moment, I, I decided, you know what? I'm going to try and get better at this. I need to improve as a speaker. And that's what I, I started doing. I started going back to that club every week, practicing. I started looking online at great speakers, learning from them, taking in as much knowledge as I could. And as the months rolled by, I started to actually lose that fear and really enjoy my speaking. And that's where things really started to, to build up in momentum for me. And I started getting opportunities here and there, started entering competitions, had success on a national, international level. I decided one day, you know what? I want to help other people get past their fear too. And that's where Confidence by Design was born four years ago. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I, I think, you know, coming back to your answer though, I think to the pub is a very, very acceptable answer personally. <laughs> I mean... Probably needed a little bit of padding out, uh, <laughs> you know. It was a short speech. It was a short <laughs> speech that day. <laughs> but we were, why not? Why not go and have a pint? Watch the world kind of come to an end. Shaun of the Dead, they, they showed us the way forward. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But that's quite the transformation you went through as I was preparing for this show. Yeah. I saw on your website, you're naturally introverted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And quite, and you obviously in the past were very terrified of, of speaking. So I think there's this notion out there. It's the extroverts or the outgoing people that make great public speakers. But that's, that's actually not the truth, is it? No. And I actually think introverts, and I'm mostly unbiased here, <laughs> I think in many cases they can actually be more effective speakers. Because what an introvert is very good at is listening, mm. understanding their audience. You know, they may not be talking all the time, but they're taking in the information and therefore they have a bit more empathy that they can display when they do decide to speak. An extrovert, I'm not, I'm not saying all extroverts are like this, but quite a lot of the time they want to be the loudest voice. They've got something to say. It doesn't matter about anyone else. They have to be the center of the party. But an, an introvert is very different. And I think that gives them a tactical advantage when they do decide to do a speech because they're coming from a place of, of empathy and understanding mm. for their audience instead of trying to be the star of the show. So I think it actually can be very beneficial to, to be an introvert. Yeah, I like that. I never really thought that, thought of it that way. But yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It was because I was always interested about like the stereotypes that, that were di dished out well, you're an extrovert, so you must be like this, or you're an yeah. introvert like that. So because you're an introvert, you can do this, and you're the extrovert, you do that. So you're the extrovert, you go do the speech, you go do that. But like you said, sometimes the extroverts don't really have that filter, and it's it becomes all about me. It's sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, I'm with you. It takes over. It takes over. And it's finding that, that balance because there's the benefits in, in both traits, right? Sure. If the introvert just remains quiet all the time, it, they could have something really profound to say, but it will never be heard, mm -hmm. right? So they need that that sort of extroverted courage to step up on a stage and, and to share that message or to create that video or to sure. walk up to that person, right? They need that. But at the same time, the extrovert, if, if they're just constantly loud and, and not reflecting mm -hmm. on what other people are thinking, reflecting on themselves, not having those those quiet moments of reflection, they're going to find it hard to, to grow and improve as well. So 
we need to, it's, I think it's like you said, we blanket people, you're an extrovert, you're an introvert, you're an extrovert, but it has to be a lot more complex now. We need both oh, traits sure. in order to excel, I feel, in, in life, in, in general, in my opinion, in my opinion. Mm. No, as an ambivert, I'm you're you're preaching to the converted there. I mean, it's <laughs> it was. I, I still remember. I was always thinking, I, I I'm an extrovert, but I'm also a big introvert. I was like, what? And then somebody said, no, I mean, you're an ambivert. Like, <laughs> there's people absolutely. There's people like me, and and I think it's true. I think there's the, those moments like where where you can use both to your advantage. Um, like certainly if you're emceeing or anything like that, leaning into the extroverted side of things can make, you know, add dynamism uh, into anything. And as you, as you mentioned, being that introvert, you're more likely to be paying attention to what is going on, like listening and that empathy. So I think, yeah, if you can dial into both and, and we all kind of do operate, I think, we all have certain traits, don't we? But then we also have traits. So we might associate with being an extrovert, but there's, there's going to be introverted traits in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're a complex mixture of human beings. Hard to, hard to just label and dial down, isn't it? Oh, so, absolutely. Yes. Uh, be an ambivert or any verb. Just anyway. do something. <laughs> absolutely. And, and doing something is exactly what you did. So you already mentioned this earlier on. You, you, you your starting point was, uh, trying to convince people to go to the pub um (laughs) 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 and and from that you you use that as a catalyst to take action because you were like i don't want to feel like that again yeah and that it took you as you mentioned earlier on into competitions and (laughs) in last year right you became the european champion of public speaking that's right. Yes. Last so that's quite year. the transformation. So, yeah. uh-huh. Uh-huh. so um, it's been a process, you know. That didn't just happen one year later. That that took well, about six years of public speaking to get there. But one thing I will say is that you can actually improve at public speaking very fast if you commit to it. Mm. You know, so many people they don't improve as the years go by because they hide from mm. public speaking. And when you hide from it, when you withdraw from it and you don't actually attack the problem or address the issue, it gets worse and worse. And that's why people actually decline. But if mm. you do actually face it and embrace it, right, and try to begin to see yourself as a speaker, your, your growth can be astronomical. It really can. Because once you learn the skills that no one taught you in school or university or ever before in work, you will actually realize that this is something which can be learned and something which I can do. And your, your self-esteem rises in all communication as a result as well. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. I think mean, case in point as well, I'm talking on a microphone. Now, I've mentioned this in previous shows. This would have never happened in the past mm-hmm. because I was like, I sound like a zombie. People are going to fall asleep if they listen to me people speak on, on, on microphone. I was like, well, that moment you get to kind of get out of your head and realize, well, people are still listening, so you can't be that much of a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> was it specifically a, a microphone for you? That yeah. That? Like if you didn't have the mic, you thought you oh, it was just... I'd project, yeah. Yeah, I'd just speak without the microphone. I refuse to speak on a microphone. Yeah. It, it's so interesting, isn't it, how we get caught up in our mind about these things. 
I talk to a lot of people. They actually are quite good public speakers, but virtual speaking, speaking yeah. to a camera. No, 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 no. I, I can't do that. You know, we like sort of limit ourselves with a story that we, we manifest in our mind. And then, of course, that turns into our reality if it's not addressed. Um, but the reality is, whether it's in person, virtual, with microphone, without microphone, it's all just communication. Yeah. You know, we, we do this one on one. We just need to learn how to do that from one on one to one to 50 or however many. Um, that's that's the key. Not, it's, it's almost like um, yesterday, for example, I was learning archery. I, I said to mm-hmm. you, right, first yep. time ever doing archery. Oh, cool. And you know, you, you get the technique, you're like sort of stringing the bow, you're figuring out where your stand should be, and all of this stuff. And the, the trainer, the best thing that he said was, don't think. Mm. Because, you know, you could think about everything. You could get your stance ready, you get your arm, you can think about where is the arrow going. And the more you think, the more you're about to do a terrible shot, right? Yep. But if you just sort of, it just goes and it flows and it tends to be a better result. It's almost the same with speaking. Don't mm. overthink it, just do. Oh. <laughs> and then you will find after the first five seconds, you are comfortable and you can do this no i totally get that i I think that's something i always say i think if the moment we start overthinking things the moment we stop doing things Mm -hmm. um because for whatever reason this whole storytelling starts in your head so you're gonna think um like for, for years i wouldn't like with public speaking i was a little bit wary about going on stage because I told myself that I was going to face plant myself as I walked on stage. That'd be a good entrance. It would be. (laughs) Like now, if, for example, if I did do that, I'd be like, right, it's all about making an entrance. I'd be making a joke about it. But I think if you're initially, if you're still, if you haven't done the reps, if you haven't done the exercises, that, that, that narrative can almost become bigger than the the activity itself you know the the fear of something becomes bigger than the actual doing of it yeah and it seems so big and it makes you feel so small right and powerless Hmm. as a result the enormity of the the task or the challenge and yes one thing which will help you tremendously which you which you mentioned there is is the reps you know the this the repetition of practicing that skill of of standing up in your living room, pretending the audience is there. I'm going for it, you know? And, and it really does build that that muscle memory in your speech, but also your body language as mm. well, if you do it correctly. We're always going to feel something when we mm. go into a stage. If you care about it, you're going to feel some form of, of I'm not going to say anxiousness, but nerves. You know, there's mm. going to be the butterflies. They're going to be buzzing around a little bit. And that should actually a good sign because it means you care and it means you are ready. It means you are focused on what is coming up. It's just about controlling that feeling, repositioning it, mm. knowing that is your sign that you are ready to go. And yeah. So I wouldn't worry about that feeling. It's just about learning how to deal with it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I've, I've learned to see those, those butterflies as, yeah, they might be a little bit nervous to start with, but then let's, it's all about turning them into joy. is is the way i is the way i kind of got used to it and i always say it's like that moment it might be and you see this with with performers they all have their kind of rituals like that they could be i think the other week i read was an interview i saw with paul mccartney 
And he was saying he still, after, what has he been going now, 50, 60 odd years of performing, still gets nervous before he goes on stage. So when he did Glastonbury last year, he had a bit of a, he was worried that people wouldn't, you know, they just, what, should I just play Beatles songs? Are people going to, you know, so it's nuts, but, you know, you've got to go, you I think it's just like you said, it's all about knowing it's because you care. You care about what you do. You care about your message. You care about that. And it's like, just go, lean into it. Uh-huh. And it's just that those initial couple of minutes, really, where you're going to be feeling those nerves on stage. Mm-hmm. That, a sense of, if you've done the preparation, if it's going well, a sense of belonging yep. take over. Mm-hmm. You know, I belong on the stage. I have value to give. I can see that the audience are taking this on board. And then your concentration is focused on them instead of you. Yeah. And all those nerves, they fade away. So it's just about having a strategy to deal with that, that opening two minutes or and mm. for the presentation, I think is key. Sure. And I like that, that, that self-belief as well that you mentioned <laughs> there, that I belong here. And that's, I feel, where people forget they need to get to. Right? Yeah. A lot of people are just trying to get through their <laughs> Yeah, that should not be your goal. Your your goal should be to enjoy your presentation. Mm. Right? That's the place we want to be. And um, I mean, you look at the World Cup right now is happening. Yeah. The yep. Do Do you think Cristiano Ronaldo feels he doesn't belong on the pitch? He no. gets... definitely. He should probably own the, the bloody stadium, right? Yeah. You need to have that level of ego, but you do have to have or be working towards a level of confidence where you believe this is your stage. I am going to own this. I'm going to give maximum value to my audience because that's when you'll perform at your best. Mm. You know, if I go into a, if I drive my car, if I go up into my car today and I sit there and I think, I, I don't belong here. I don't know how to do this. Do you think I'm going to be safe on the road? Probably not. Right. But if I think, yeah, I'm in control. I'm comfortable in my car. I'm much more likely to drive effectively. and be more courteous to my fellow road users. It's the same thing with a presentation that, that belief actually helps you so much performing better yeah i totally agree with that that it, it changes the game doesn't it when once you start believing in that because i think it because then you've got ammo if the mind monkeys kick in mm-hmm. and start going you ain't gonna do this you can't do this you're gonna like my example you're gonna fall flat on your face it's like mm-hmm. and i'll do a little cartwheel and do a joke and a sing and a dance because i belong here yes yeah exactly exactly you own the moment you own any moment that comes up and another useful thing that you can do is if you do have fears like falling flat on your face or going having you know brain freeze or the slights failing or whatever it is you can actually prepare for those setbacks in advance so actually go worst case scenario you know if Mm -hmm. my slides go up what will i do right and actually write down answers to these questions before so then when it does happen on the day you remain more calm and confident because you know your next step. Yeah. I think that helps people as well, you know, to have a, a game plan if things do go wrong instead of thinking, oh, no, it's all over. I better just face plans and never get up. You know, it's, <laughs> it's good to have a plan when things go wrong. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think as someone who has, but not the face planting, I have yet to do that one, but as someone who's had technical problems, um slide problems computer not working technology not showing up yeah yeah having having that again and i think it comes down to confidence doesn't it again but knowing that you believe believing that you 
are there. You were exactly where you meant to be. And you've got the tools to make it happen, regardless of whether there's a power cut, um, alien invasion, whatever. <laughs> you can make it happen, right? Absolutely. If there's an invasion, you're on the front line. <laughs> Damn, I've got this. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So you mentioned earlier on about kind of like doing the reps and stuff. So, yeah. you know, in so you became the champion, European champion of public speaking. So, again, that's quite a huge transformation from, from that initial bit where where you were, were struggling, there was fear, you were introverted, and think, what am I doing here? So in terms of that, and you have mentioned it, a few of these things earlier on, but what steps did you take to get to that? Because I think it, it's important to mention this, and because I saw a post, I've seen a few posts on this on, on, on LinkedIn recently about how we see where someone is now, and you haven't seen the journey, but they're, has been a journey and we often lose sight yeah. of what has gone before. So what, what steps did you take? Yeah, 100%. So basically, when I first began speaking, what, what I learned very quickly is that confidence comes from competence. Mm. In other words, the more you know how to hold an audience's attention, know you more, you know how to structure a presentation, you know, the more you know how to have an impact, the more effective you will be and the more confident you will be on, on stage. So I made it my goal to learn the fundamentals of speaking. And in my opinion, the fundamentals are body language, you know, how you use your nonverbal communication, mm. it's your voice, how you vary your voice to hold attention, it's structure, how you put together your presentation. It's also clarity, how you make sure that message is really clear and easy to understand. And then fifth and final impact. And that's actually the, the five pillars of my book, the five pillars of effective public speaking. Shameless ad in there. I like that. Uh, but was smooth. the point is, those, those fundamentals actually give you a really strong base to build your speaking up from. Now, I'm not saying they're going to make you an incredible world-class speaker, because in order to do that, you need to find who you are mm -hmm. as a speaker and bring more of that out onto the stage. But they give you a, a solid base. So that's what I spent my first couple of years doing learning those key skills, practicing as much as I could, getting in front of any audience I could, getting feedback from those audiences, telling me what they liked, also more, which I was more interested in, how I could improve, and just relentlessly trying to get better every single day, doing something every day to work on my speaking. There's so mm -hmm. few people that do that, you know, mm -hmm. that will do something every day to improve their public speaking. And that could be speaking to an audience, it could be recording a video of yourself, watching it back. It could be writing a speech, anything like that, working on slides. I did something every day. And that's why I was able to become eventually the, the European champion and, and win a bunch of other accolades as well. And it's still a process I'm going through. I'm still doing something every day. This right here, being on this podcast, is me working on my speaking. Because you're asking sure. me questions. I don't know what they're going to be. I'm having to do a bit of improvisation. I can watch this back, see how I'm coming across, and adapt and adjust and improve from there. So that's what I did. Every day, Ashley, did something to improve my speaking. And that's how I got to where I am. Love that, man. Love that. And it's kind of links in. It's that 1% incremental gains every day, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um because I think we're, we're obsessed, aren't we, with the overnight successes in society. Yeah. The fact that, yep, I literally woke up yesterday in a sleeping bag and had this idea and I was a millionaire the next day. 
It's like, no, 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 no. no. There was a tipping point that you reached that morning when you woke up, (laughs) possibly. There came stuff before that. And I think it's, and as you mentioned, it's, and I think it's the same of anything, really. It's like if you're going to commit to a new habit, a new skill, you're not going to get good at it on day one. No. But if you do something every day, you're going to start developing competence. <laughs> and from that competence, that's where the confidence starts being born. Precisely. Precisely. So, and commitment is so important. We talk, I know you're mm. big into creating video content. Mm. As you know, if a client posts a video once a month, it doesn't do much for them. But mm. if they're posting three times a week consistently for a year, it has a huge difference on their, their business. Being committed to mm. your speaking, to working on that, doing something every day, it, it really makes a huge difference. Not just with speaking, but anything. If you just mm. do something every day for that one goal, you'll get so far, so yeah. far, so fast. Yeah, because you, 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 you don't often see it. I think it's important to check in as well. Like you mentioned a few times when you were saying about the things you did, like checking in, giving feed, getting feedback or doing giving yourself feedback as well instead of just thinking because i think it's easy if you're not if you don't have those checking points it's easy possibly to lose momentum or motivation because you're not seeing the results yes yes or even worse you think you're going down the right path so you continue doing the bad thing yeah right that's why in speaking you need to have that feedback from the audience yes them preferably because they will guide you on how you are actually coming across you have an idea in your mind but it can be very different in reality i speak from experience sure i was doing something great turns out i was not i was offending people or or it didn't go down well or it wasn't clear or whatever it may be but you need that that sort of feedback loop so you can make the adjustments find the correct path and and go down that way instead yeah that's true that's true i think yeah you could definitely if you're not getting (laughs) it can go both ways right (laughs) yeah. <laughs> so for anyone who's like out there listening to this thinking okay that's brilliant great public speaking fantastic maybe i'll give it a go mm-hmm. but maybe they're sitting on the fence and they're thinking yeah but i don't really need to or how's that going to help me in my life how's that going to help me in my business i mean in what ways can being being a confident public speaker be helpful to people well if you speak during a day it will help you Because the reality is when you do public speaking, you're not actually working on public speaking. You're working on all communication in your life. If you can speak in front of 100 people with confidence, that interview you've got coming up will be less daunting. Or that networking event will be easier. Or that date you're about to go on will be easier to hold the conversation in. This is something, public speaking is something which will filter down into every aspect of your communication. So I do not understand why you would not want to do it. Well, actually I do, because it's very fearful. It's daunting. It's scary. It's, it's the thing that's easier to avoid. But again, like we spoke about earlier, when you actually go to it and embrace it, it will serve you for the rest of your life. This is a lifetime skill, a lifetime investment in yourself. Why not make it? Love that. Love that. Why not indeed? Why not indeed make it? Make it, people. The thing <laughs> is, it's it's so true, isn't it? I think if you, because it can filter down. Um, I've talked to quite a few people in very different areas here about 
skills that they make they've maybe learned a specific skill and then found out that it's just transferable yeah um and i was talking to a lady a few weeks ago about how she talked about how her skills as a parent mm-hmm. had transferred into the workplace mm-hmm. and her skills as a as, as a consultant had transferred into the into the home right and, so a bit of a, a switch over there yeah yeah i think it's it's I think we often lose sight of that. It, again, it, I think this is a recurring theme during today's uh, t- today's call, really. There's this blanket or narrow-minded view of it. It's like, I'm going to be a public speaker. That means I have to get on a stage and do a TED Talk or something. But no, there's much more to that, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. And listen, I benefit from a lot of different areas in my life. Like running, for example. I do quite a lot of, of running, um, marathons and ultramarathons. And, and that form of, of exercise actually helps me with, with fitness and having enough energy to be able to last on the stage for a full day and hold people's attention. So like there's that crossover. And then there's also the mental crossover of when I want to stop and when things are hard in a race that I keep going. And then I can bring that into when I don't want to go on stage because I'm so nervous for my speaking. So you can gain inspiration from many areas of your life. And it, it's not just so linear like you say it's not just so narrow-minded when you do this it will, it will spread out just like everything that you're already currently doing it's all filtering and integrating like some more magical i don't know concoction uh, in your life <laughs> i love that magical concoction i like that i like that <laughs> so yeah i mean again you were just talking about there the feeling confident in the public speaking maybe that can make interviews or even going out on a date feel a little less nerve-wracking sure and we've already touched upon this earlier on and and you you explained on on your website and and you talked earlier on about this very visceral very physical um experience you had when you did that first presentation you know the the cold sweats the shakes the nervous feeling in the stomach and this is something i know for a fact probably lots of people out there actually will resonate with because they would have had it but i also know that for some people this is actually gone in to the next stage and become a phobia mm-hmm. you know and so it's effectively having similar symptoms to like an anxiety or a panic attack at yeah. the prospect of going on stage or being in front of people. So you, you said earlier on about being prepared for, say, things that could go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you also did a reframe on the nervous butterflies. Yes. Is there any other advice that you could give to anyone that literally has has this shock or fear or real intense feelings at the prospect of getting on stage? Yes, I think for for those individuals, I mean, I'm not a qualified psychologist or anything like that, but often it's that that fear, that phobia has come from something that happened in the past. So in other words, they had a presentation, maybe let's say at work, and they stood up and it it was just terrible. It went awful in their their mind anyway, it went awful, and they felt embarrassed and they never wanted to to feel that again. So they've avoided it and then they... Anytime this comes back, they have those feelings, they come back up. And what's so, so important is that we learn to let go 
of that past. It's it's almost like you have to forget what happened. Well, not necessarily forget, but make peace with what happened to you. You know, okay, that work meeting presentation, it did go awful for me. But hey, at least I gave it a shot, right? There's a positive I can take. At least I learned I have some supportive colleagues who comforted me afterwards where I was breathless, okay? So I take the positives from it. And then I, I go into my next experience and I try, I, I know this is not easy, but I try to view it with a blank slate. Mm-hmm. This is me starting again. This is a fresh start, you know? It's almost, I, I guess a good example that's coming to mind, it's like a kid going to a new school. These new pupils, they don't know me. I could be anyone. This is a fresh start. I don't have to be who I was in that old school, you know? So I mean, people need to view it in that way too. And just take small baby steps. You know, maybe just try and speak firstly to a small group, three people, and then maybe five people, and then 10 people. Maybe just speak for a minute, and then maybe two minutes, and then do a five-minute presentation and slowly try and build it up from there. And there's places where you can do this. I mean, for example, you can go along to Toastmaster clubs. There's lots of them around the world. Um, I have a club as well where you can come along, be in a safe group where people will support you. You can find places where you can tip, dip, uh, dip your toe into the world of public speaking and take those baby steps. But the first thing is to let go of that past experience so that it doesn't keep you where you were, mm. so that you can progress forward. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. I think it's, yeah, I mean, a, a case in point, I think my issues with public speaking in the past were direct result of negative experiences in the past. Yeah. For sure. I'm, you know, in my mind, I was thinking this is going to keep on happening, 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 happening. And there was just yeah. no, ultimately, there was no evidence that it would. So yeah. I, I, I worked. And again, again, I think humans have this habit, again, with, with the instant gratification thing of wanting to, to run or, or power, pole vault before they can even put one step in front of the other. Yes. And there's a lot to be learned from taking those baby steps from those taking those initial steps and actually walking, putting one step in front of another, doing a speech or doing a chat or not even, don't even have to call it a speech. I think if you remove the label as well, I think that helps as well. It's you're having a chat. For example, the other day I was helping out my mother's uh, choir, actually. They're doing some marketing stuff and they needed to do some videos for the promo and the pitch for funding. And I had six women in the house and they were all freaking out about the fact they had to do a video. Mm. So we didn't do videos. We did chat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a great tip. You know, and I just set them up on a sofa and said, don't look at each other, have a chat. Because I know you lot, bloody hell, you ain't got a problem talking. So you, (laughs) (laughs) you go for your lives. All of a sudden, there were videos. Yeah, it's so. Absolutely. I love that. Re- give it, change the label, change how you're viewing it. Uh-huh. It's a chat. Uh-huh. Because we, there is something about calling it a presentation that puts a higher stake on it for whatever yeah. reason. Um, so absolutely, I love that idea of just downgrading it or having a chat. Absolutely, absolutely, love that, love that. So with the internet, with social media, things have changed a lot in the way that 
people market themselves. And I use videos a lot for my business. I help support people with videos to get confident on camera because you mentioned earlier on, you could be an amazing public speaker um, or a lead or somebody who naturally is a leader in in the face-to-face world, but you put a camera in front of them, they freak out or mm-hmm. their delivery gets wooden or they just lose confidence. It's almost like two different people. Yeah. So I know that you use videos, you, you're, you're active on TikTok as well and you do all those things, but I've noticed so much and I don't know if you've noticed this at all with, with, and I'm sure you have with, with you guys in the Confidence Club and your clients, the fact that so many people, the fact that they've got to do a video, it's just like, nah, 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 not for mm. me. So I think it's ultimately, you know, it's important just to set up a camera and get comfortable in it, do the reps. Don't even have to post a video. Don't even have to press play initially. Yeah. yeah. So what other tips would, would you have for people that may be thinking, well, yeah, I'm a great public speaker, but I can't do it on camera. <laughs> well, I think the great thing you could do is what we're doing right now. Go on a podcast mm. because you are actually speaking to camera. I'm speaking to you, of course, Ash, but I am still speaking to the camera. Yeah. And then what you can do is you can watch that back. You can realize, okay, I can't actually do this. If I just take Ash away, that's not, you know, it's something that is achievable for me. I'm sure. halfway there. So that's a, a good a confidence boost. And then, you know, you can even divide the clip up and then use them as your videos to get started. And then your next step can be what you were saying, you know, maybe just take your phone and don't even have it on, you know, just have it like this mm. and there and just t- practice talking to it, you know, it doesn't even have to be a video. Just tell it about your day. Oh, today yeah. I went to Sainsbury's, saw some good yams. I don't buy yams, but you get the point. <laughs> so, you, you know, you just slowly build it up and then, hey, I, I turn the camera on. I don't record. I don't record. But I have the camera on. Now I can see myself. I get comfortable with that. And then before you know it, I'm pressing record. I'm taking my video. Yeah. I'm putting it online. So it's all the, the small steps yeah. once again um, to getting up to that point. Uh-huh. I think it's important to also echo what something you said earlier on there as well, because we're, we're definitely singing off the same hymn sheet here. It's communication. It's you are still doing the same thing regardless of whether you're talking to a camera, talking to people in a room, you are communicating a message. You're having a conversation with them. So if you remember that and don't think, well, it's a camera. Well, no, you're talking to someone. Who are you talking to? Who are you speaking to expressly? Put them in your mind. Go for it. Yeah. And, And another thing you can do is you can actually try and trick yourself a little bit by decorating your camera to look a little bit like a person. Uh, so I've seen people yes. who have like little eyes on their camera. I've seen people who have like a, a picture of their family behind the camera. I saw one lady had a picture of um, Gerard Butler behind her camera. Topless. <laughs> so what if you did to sort of trick your mind that you're talking to a human being, that can work quite well. And it gives you a bit of a smile as well when you see, you know, a big, 300 Spartan chest. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, don't think Gerald will do it for me. But I mean, yeah, I, I think I, I could see how that would work. He's a good looking guy. Um, <laughs> I celebrity, put, them, put them there. Whatever works for you, right? It's just about 
tricking yourself. This is all a mind game. You yeah. Know? It's all about just reframing it. I'm not talking to a camera. I'm talking to a person. How yeah. can I make that more believable? Have a picture of someone there. Yeah, you know? I think that's that's a powerful one. I ain't, I never did that just purely because I've got a very active imagination. Um, and I was able to, to visualize that, yeah. you know, that I know for other people, much like yourself, and, and I recommend it to my clients is like, well, think about, you know, who do you like talking to or who would you love to talk to? Have fun with it, play with it. And, and, and yeah, I've heard people, they, they literally put a picture and they cut out just so that they focus on the lens, they'll cut out a, a little hole in one of the eyes and place it over the lens so that they're holding yeah. eye contact or they've got teddy bears in the room or whatever. Yeah. I think, again, if you if that moment you're able to disrupt that whole, it's just a phone, it's awkward, I'm talking to myself. Yeah. You know, it, it becomes a lot more natural. Yeah, yeah. And it's just all finding what works for you. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody's different. I, I personally wouldn't have Jared behind my camera, but that doesn't mean you feel. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Just finding the thing which works for you so that you can perform at your best and be yourself ultimately when you speak. Yeah, I think I'd probably have a picture of Casper because ultimately Casper the Friendly Ghost was what inspired me to get on videos actually. Because all right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, just during the lockdown. I, I basically posted this video of like, well, I'm tired of talking to Casper, so I'm going to talk to you instead. Mm. And they were like, what's he talking who's, who's Casper? Some people, it, 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 the penny clicked. Other people were like, who the bloody hell is Casper? And I was like, I can have fun with this. <laughs> <laughs> so it started off as a bit of humor. And it, something. It, 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 it always does for me. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. So you've, You've mentioned a few things um, that you do to support people in, in your world. So for anybody that's not familiar with the support that you offer, is there any offers or services that you would like to uh, mention to them today? Yeah, sure. I mean, one thing we, we briefly referred to is the Confidence Club. This is a, a group I've created full of like-minded people who want to improve at speaking. We meet up a couple of times a month. We do workshops on public speaking, and we also do sessions where you can deliver presentations and get feedback, which, as we spoke about, is so important. And uh, you're welcome to come along and, and try it out if you'd like to. We meet on the second and the third Thursdays of the month, 12 to 1 p.m. UK time. Just send me an email, reach out to me on LinkedIn. There's not too many Kyle Murchers out there, um, and I'll be happy to, to share a bit more info on that. Awesome, awesome. And, and there'll be links to um, that in the description, whether you are listening or watching this anyway. So before we ride off into the sunset, sir, I have one final question that I ask everybody. Okay. And that is, what is your espresso shot of confidence for our listeners? My espresso shot of confidence. I think I've got to link it back to, to what we, we've covered today and, and summarize this like a beautiful speech as it is. And, and the expressional show of confidence is do something every day to work on your speaking or, or your goal or whatever it is, because those continuous daily reps are what will build the muscle memory, which is what will give you the confidence, which will also make you feel confident when you stand on stage or when you speak in any arena. So do something every day 
to help you become more confident. That's my espresso shot. I love that. I love that. I, I feel like I've just had an espresso shot right there. <laughs> Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your, your, your tips, your stories and your expertise, mate. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Ash. Really enjoyed it today. Loved it. Loved it. Thank you. And thank you to you, the awesome listeners, wherever you are in the universe. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening or watching this so you get notifications of future episodes. And all that is left to say is, as always, don't forget to be awesome.